everything technology, from computers to mobile phones, TVs and the internet. Information you want, want. all the help you need. Your Tech Life with Trevor Long. Well, hello. It is lovely to have your company here on Your Tech Life. This is episode 363 of Your Tech Life. Thanks to the good people at Garmin, Satellite Navigation, GPS Technology, Alcatel Mobile Phones and Trend Micro. Uh, internet security and home security. Um, great to have your company and uh, great to be bringing you through the world of tech and hoping to help you with your world of tech. Now, if you've got a question about technology, it is super duper easy to get in touch. All you do is go to the website eftm.com.au. Uh, I'll get you on the line. We'll have a chat and help you with your tech woes. A um, couple of calls this week. We're going to talk um, travel. Such a regular question, and I'm happy with that because it's a great question. Lots of people travel, so let's talk about it as much as we, we have to. We're going to talk uh, NBN. We're going to talk about whether or not your your modem that you get from your internet provider is giving you the best internet in your home and whether or not it should be turfed out or whether or not your internet might actually be faulty. So ways to diagnose that. We'll talk about uh, seniors' phones, uh, how to replace and what to get if you're... Um, uh, older phone and older older member of your family, if it's you or someone in your family, uh, what's, what are the options for you getting a new mobile phone, especially with Optus's 2G network turning off soon? And we'll talk computers and computer buying advice as well. So all those topics with callers soon on the line. Plus, we're going to talk about a um, little bit more NBN uh, myth busting, scaremonger busting, whatever you want to call it. Uh, the Telstra blue tick news for Samsung, good news for them. I want to tell you about a new flying vehicle. I mean, you know, I love my drones, but an all-new flying vehicle. I want to talk about um, the Wikipedia founder, Jimmy Wales' idea to create a new form of journalism. <clears throat> Got a great new soundbar in the man cave. I'll uh, tell you all about that one shortly from LG. Rechargeable batteries have become affordable, um, which is a rare thing, frankly. And uh, Virgin Australia now have Wi-Fi on uh, one of their planes, like Qantas. So a bit of competitive fly competitive skies shall we say uh, happening up there thanks for listening thanks for downloading let's get cracking on this episode it might sound crazy what i'm about to say but travel along's the world's best techie he's the kind of guy we picked on at school and it wasn't fair So a few emails uh, this week, and thank you for those. As always, lovely to hear from you when you're uh, sending through those notes. Um, they come to me. Every single email that comes via the website gets straight to me. Happy to happy to read them, happy to see them all the time. Uh, Nicholas, uh, writing to tender my feedback. Well, thank you, Nicholas. Um, I like the Your Tech Life format. should be more consistent, and I, I, I agree. I, I totally agree. I have narrowed it down now to Tuesdays, although today's Thursday, because Tuesday was Anzac Day. So <laughs> trying to get back to Tuesdays, but in the middle of the day instead of the night uh, for the recording. So I think we're getting back into a groove. So hopefully that um, keeps you happy over the 
little bit times ahead. Um, Talking Technology, equally a great show in its own right. Thank you very much. Um, has some opinions about Two Blokes Talking Tech, does Nicholas? I'll raise those, Nicholas, with, um, with Stephen, but I can tell you right now, a third guest is not going to happen. Well, we don't get on with anyone else, mainly is the reason why we wouldn't have guests on the show. <laughs> but my favourite is your tech life. Thank you so much, Nicholas. Um, on a separate note, would never buy a mobile service from TPG, no matter how good the deal. We buy our iPhones outright and use Telstra and get a great deal, like $50 a month per mobile and get 10 gig and unlimited calls and have NBN with Telstra at a great price. Nicholas, tell us your secret, my friend. That is a very good deal with Telstra. A very good deal. Um, uh, Hollis. From uh, Western Australia, says, love your podcast. Wanted to let you know, Orby, your Orby review is very helpful, and now my family has been cured of buffering sickness. That's very cool. Um, and also points out that, and I think this is in reference to Two Blokes Talking Tech, I will say, um, read the last podcast just to be clear, the texting bays were a trial along the highways that connect the Perth metro area and the southwest. There are stretches, uh, long stretches of bush and farmland, so they might be useful. The trial ends on the 28th of April. Anyway, looking forward to each episode. Good on you, Hollis. Um, and uh, I'll try and remember to tell Stephen about that one as well. Um, thank you for listening, and uh, your feedback is always welcome, as are the ratings in iTunes, um, little five-star or two-star, whatever, but preferably five. Um, and comments uh, are welcome on the iTunes store. Um, let other people know what you think of the show, even if it's just a brief note. Uh, helps people discover the shows. Thanks for listening. Let's get cracking. <laughs> Now, you can't keep up with the content that I've been churning out on EFTM this week, I have to be honest. You can't keep up, and I know it. But what about this? Um, Kitty Hawk Flyer, a genuine, genuine piece of equipment that is being sold this year, allegedly, because it's still pre-orders and whatnot, in the United States. The Kitty Hawk Flyer is a drone. It has uh, eight propellers, so it's an octocopter, um, but it's huge. You can sit on it. Um, if you can imagine uh, the two pontoons, you might have seen them on the bottom of, um, say, uh, I'm thinking, you know, helicopter, big pontoons on it so it can land on water. So if you, you put the pontoons down and then you put on top of that uh, a drone with eight uh, propellers, big, big thing, size of a small car, and then you put a big netting over the drones and you put a seat in the middle and handles to hold on to and fly. It's a personal drone, a personal watercraft, in fact, because it's made to fly over water. That is, its in explicit intention is to fly over water, though I suspect it would fly over land just as well. Um, very interesting device. It's, uh, it's, the company's called Kitty Hawk, and the device is called the Flyer. Um, we don't have a price yet. We only know that you can become a member of Kitty Hawk for $100, and that $100 will get you $2,000 off the price. So you can imagine this is going to be a... I don't know, fifty, a hundred thousand dollar product. Interesting, very interesting. Um, but I was thinking about it, and aside from the fact that it's insane in, in in its concept, I don't know. I've no interest in jet skis, personal watercraft. I have no interest, frankly, in, in boats going on the water. But I don't know if I had a little place on the water. Um, so people in in New South Wales think, uh, I don't know, think Wanderbind. Okay, if you've ever been on the train from Sydney to Woiwoi, a little town called Wanderbine, where there's these little tiny homes that are just on the Hawkesbury in these little bays, and that'd be a beautiful place to live. But imagine you could just personal fly at about five metres above the water, because I'm assuming that's as high as it needs to go, 
fly over to the train station. Done deal. Problem solved. I love it. I think it's very, very, very cool. Um, so I don't know. What do you think? Would you buy one? Would you go anywhere near one? Is it just insane? Is this the future of personal transport? Um, this is not like the Ehang 184, which is going to fly high and long distance. This, to me, strikes me as a very short distance. And it's, it's a sport and recreation craft. Um, I just worry about people flying these bloody things around and landing on people because the blades are below it. So, don't know. But it looks real. They've got a video up on uh, on their website. I've, uh, I haven't actually put that on EFTM, but... Uh, you can search for it, and uh, the details are at eftm.com.au. Talking technology without the jargon. Your, your tech, tech life with Trevor Long. Thank you for listening, uh, taking your calls, helping you out with any technology question you have. Uh, just go to the website, eftm.com.au. Jared's on the line. G'day, Jared. G'day, Trevor. Mate, what can I do for you? Trevor, look, on, um, on the end of this week, I'm actually travelling uh, overseas to Europe. Very and, nice. Um, yeah, it's going to be fantastic. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to it. But I, I just I get a bit lost when I when I want to get a SIM card mm. that will enable me to use a Samsung Seven Edge that I've got mm-hmm. in Europe, so that I can use it as a hotspot for my other equipment. So that effectively I'm on the air pretty well all the time for my uh, emails and um, internet if I want it. Yeah. And I, look, I just find it. I know I've got reasonable technical experience, but there's just something that lose I lose when it comes to this. Um, no, you know, this aspect. Of Jared, it. let me tell you this: you're not losing anything, mate. It's uh, it's one of the hardest areas of technology. Um, international roaming is not simple. Um, it's not made to be simple um, because there are so many companies involved. I guess my first question is: who's your te- who's your current telco? Uh, Telstra. Okay, and you're on a contract with them. Well, no, look, the thing is I bought this Samsung because it had a really good deal hmm. on one of those virtual reality headsets and one of those cameras. Yeah, yeah right. So um, so I took it with me when I went to America in November last year and took some great, you know, video and things in New hmm. York with the little 360 yeah, camera. Brilliant. But I never got a SIM card. All I Perfect. did so, was use it as... Well, you, you know, know what I would do then? Do you know what I would do? I would walk into a Vodafone store. Uh, check that yes. check that that phone isn't locked though to Telstra. If you bought it from Telstra, no, um, no, I bought it to, uh, outright from Samsung. Perfect. JD Hi-Fi. Yep. So, mate, walk into a Vodafone store. How long are you away for in uh, Rome? Did you say? Yes, it's Rome and Spain. You know, we're sort of going down the coast there. Mm-hmm. And how, how long are you away for? Uh, twenty twenty six days. So, look, you're talking about a month's worth of roaming. Um, you're talking about a month's worth of data. You're, you've got three options. The first one is right. you, you buy what I call a travel sim, and that is actually a brand over here, travel sim. You get them at Australia Post. Um, have a look online. I think the travelsim.net, they have um, not the best data roaming deals, but it, it's it's a way to get going from Australia. So you buy the SIM card here in Australia. You You get an international number. You can put it in the phone. It'll work. People can call you on it. You can also buy data packs as well. But last time I looked, it wasn't the most um, affordable way of getting data. <clears throat> the second option is to to get something when you're on the ground um, in in Rome. But the problem is you buy something in Italy, it might not allow you to work in Spain. So you start to come, up, okay. come a cropper with a few issues there, right? The third option yep. is to walk into Vodafone uh, and ask them for a, uh, a SIM, SIM-only plan 
running month to month that has access to what they call red roaming or $5 a day roaming. Now, right. Vodafone, yeah. so I'm with yep. Vodafone, and the reason I'm with Vodafone, the only reason I stay with Vodafone, even though they're great, I would like to you know switch around now and then, I travel every couple of months. And when I travel, I pay $5 a day. So I was in New York um, uh, last month for, I don't know, four days, five days. My bill this month is an extra uh, $30 because I paid $5 per day for roaming. But while I was in New York, I got to use all my normal data. So I've got 13 gig a month. I was able to use it all, just normal. <clears throat> so the, the trick there will be, can you get a month-to-month SIM-only plan that doesn't hook you into a contract? You don't want to be on a contract. Um, no. You don't want to tell – look, I, I, I wouldn't be telling the Vodafone people you're specifically doing this to roam on. I would just say, look, I want a one-month um, – I, I want something that doesn't lock me into a contract, so I want to pay month-to-month. I want something that does give me access to the full Vodafone network, so I want to test it here in Australia, and, and I want to test it on a quick trip overseas. Don't tell them where you're going and for how long. Don't worry about that. And, and just find okay. out whether that's possible because if it is, mate, that one month – will be the best thing you do. Sign up to something that'll give you enough gigs, maybe 10 or 10 or 12 gigabytes of data for the for the month, and you'll pay $5 a day for every day that you use it on top. But that is by far and away the most affordable way to roam with data overseas. Well, that makes sense. Makes a lot of sense. And look, you know, I, I would, if you travel at all regularly, um, I would highly recommend Vodafone on that very basis because then traveling becomes yeah. a whole lot easier every time you go. And that's what I need. I just need it to be simple. I don't want to get over there and find I've done something really silly here in Sydney that uh, I pay dearly for mm. by not it not working when yep. I'm overseas. Now that sounds uh, terrific. So, so travel sim, check check the data rates of the travel sim. Uh, then go to a Vodafone store, and as I say, just kind of skirt around the edges of of um, openness. Not honesty. You're being very honest, yep. but openness in terms of no, why you're doing it. I understand exactly what you mean. And, I, I um, get it. Yep. I'd be very interested to know how you go, mate. All right, well, I'll let you know. Good I'll, on you, uh, Jared. I'll do that this afternoon. All right, mate, Very thank good. you for getting in touch and good luck. Have a great trip, mate. Right, thank you, and thank you for taking the time to call me. Thank An you. absolute pleasure. Enjoy your trip and uh, hope to hear from you again soon. If you've got a question about technology, just go to the website eftm.com.au. Thank you for listening. Uh, thank you for downloading. If you've got a question about technology in your life, uh, just go to the website eftm.com.au. G'day, Margaret. Hi, how are you? Very well. What can I do for you? Okay, I have um, a standalone PC. Mm-hmm. I'm moving um, into a unit, and so I just want to end up with a laptop, and I was just wondering what you would advise me to get. Yep, and, um, and what sort of things do I you like do? To, I, I, I like, well, basic things, just yep. photos, recipes, so yep. I like... Um, Excel, and I like Word. Yep. And have you got a budget in mind, most importantly? Um, look, I don't know, two and a half, yeah, well, whatever. Look, if you were willing to spend that much money, you can get the best in the business. So I can tell you right now, you can save some money because you don't need to spend that much if you don't want to, um, depending on yeah. also how you want it to look. I mean, the, the best looking, the thinnest, and the most magnificent devices certainly might cost that money. So... Right now, um, I've got in my hand, actually, a a Hewlett-Packard HP Spectre. Now, this is S-P-E-C-T-R-E, the Spectre. Now, this starts at about two grand, and it is beautiful. I mean, it's a slim, it's light, it's got a great keyboard, it's got a big, beautiful screen, and you can get it in 
Um, all the right, um, I guess, configurations. You get that at Harvey Norman. Beautiful device. Um, it's one of those ones yep. that also flips around on itself and stands up like a tent. So if you ever watch, you know, movies or YouTube or Netflix or anything like that, great way yeah, to con- yeah. consume those videos too. Um, so if, if you're okay, looking at that so flip around convertible style, then, you know, two, two and a half is probably the budget you'd need to spend. That one's the HP Spectre. All right. Now, if you just need okay. a laptop um, and you don't need it to be all fancy tablet style and flip around and all that, then really there's there's two key things I want you to look at, and they are the the processor, the, the brains of the computer, which is, um, in, in simple terms, the Intel processor. You want to get an Intel Core i5, okay? Intel, Intel Core. Core i5. Now, the one above that is an i7, and you, if you can afford it, get it, because that's even better, it's even faster, it's even smarter, but you don't need it, because yep. what you do with photos and Word and Excel works perfectly on an Intel Core i5, right? Um, Okay. And then the only other thing to really look at, do you keep your photos and things on the computer or have you got some external hard drives for those things? I do have an external hard drive. Yes, I do. So then you don't really... And I usually transfer them over to a USB stick. So you don't really need a lot of space. I do do keep them on (laughs) as well. So, So just keep an eye on how big the hard drive is on the computer that you're buying. So you could walk into Officeworks, right? And you could go, okay, I want to look at all the all the computers in in, uh, in that are i5, Intel Core i5, and I can tell you right now, you could get a Lenovo Intel Core i5 computer for eight hundred and fifty bucks, right? So, oh, wow. so that that's yeah. that's how much. Has you, that got you a fairly big screen or not? That one I think has a fifteen inch screen, so that's enormous for a laptop. Yeah, like probably yep. not the kind of thing you want to actually carry around with you a lot, but totally the kind no, of thing no. you could take. You could take to a I've family family well, reunion so. or something. Oh, if you've got an iPad as well, you're, you're totally fine. Yeah. So at a glance, yeah. right, an Intel, a Lenovo laptop at Officeworks, 850 bucks, has the Intel Core i5 processor, has 12 yep. gigabytes of RAM, which is basically it's, it's kind of memory size, it's brain size, and then there's a one terabyte hard drive. That's enormous. Like, that is a great computer okay. for you, Margaret, to be honest. Okay. So really, I, right. what I would do is I'd go to Officeworks and have a look at something like that, like the Lenovo IdeaPad, yep. and then I'd go to Harvey yep. Norman and have a look at that HP Spectre, and then decide for yourself, yep. do you want that? Um, do you want the, the look and the feel and the convertibility of the you know $2,000 machine, or do you just want mm. a laptop that's easy to use and portable and gets you around? Okay, now, Trevor, mm-hmm. and, and can I attach a printer to either of them? Absolutely. Do you have a printer already? Uh, an old one. Can you suggest a printer to go with them? I would. You know what? If if you're, if you're prepared to invest, okay, because I think a printer should be an investment, yeah. uh, I would buy yeah. one of one of two types of printer. I would either buy an Epson EcoTank. Now, um, the the reason I suggest that, and, and the second one is, yeah. I'm trying to remember the name of it now, but um, Canon have one as well, which does a similar thing. It's much more expensive up front, yeah. both, both the printers yeah. that I'm recommending to you, the, the Pixma, P-I-X-M-A from Canon, which has continuous ink. So they're the two words I want you to look for. Uh, okay. Continuous, yeah. continuous ink okay. or eco tank. What okay. these have in the side of them, Margaret, are little tanks of ink. That It's not a cartridge that okay. you replace for $100. You might pay yeah. $500 for the printer, but you will, you will yeah. not refill that printer for two years. 
Oh, wow. Okay. That's worth it. I've got one. I've got an Epson, and we haven't touched it. We haven't put new ink in it for 18 months. Because it, and it's it, called E C O T A N K. That's it. Epson Eco Tank yep. or Canon yep. Continuous Ink. Again, Office yep. Works is probably a good place to go. The Savo, have a look, have a look at those printers. Yep. So if you and see the thing about both those printers, they're wireless. Yeah. So you can put oh, the printer great. wherever there's a PowerPoint. Put the printer in the corner. Yeah. It doesn't need to be in a big space on your desk. Put it somewhere where it just happens to be a PowerPoint. You got a Wi-Fi network yep. at home. And bingo, you just yep. print wirelessly from your from your new laptop. You could be sitting on the lounge, sitting on the kitchen table, sitting at an office desk. Doesn't matter. You can print from everywhere. Brilliant, because I I, I do um, lots of holidays. So I'm on the internet, and I like to print off. You know. Oh, lots of holidays. Away, so. Rub it in. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Look, Good you're one. wonderful. Thank you very much for ringing me back. My pleasure. I look I forward to hearing. That. I look forward to hearing what you buy, Margaret. Okay, thank you very much. I appreciate that. Good on you. And if you, like Margaret, have questions about what to buy, get in touch. Go to the website, eftm.com.au. Your Tech Life with Trevor Long. Just for the record, um, because I do, I love engaging with people on Twitter, okay? Um, It's fun. But I also get a great deal of pleasure out of um, feeding the sharks. And if you're a narc to me on Twitter, I will be a narc relentlessly back at you. So a little message to David Haviat, who apparently used to be a uh, Stephen Conroy staffer back in the day, who's clearly just a complete imbecile, um, who has spent the last 12 hours continuing to um, throw questions at me via NBN staffers about the content of my radio show and calling the network that I work for an advertorial network and not accepting a very simple answer to a question, you know, who pays for your radio show? When I said, I get paid to do a radio show, it's a commercial radio show. People call, I answer their questions, I do interviews, I choose who gets interviewed, and there's ads in the show just like every other radio show I've done for 10 years. This bloke is relentless. He won't shut up. And I've just called him a nasty word on the internet and I don't care. Because if you if you ask me a question and I answer, I expect that you will take it as the answer, as the truth. Because I don't lie. So bring it on, folks. Bit of fun, never hurt anyone. Um, but if you want to have a go at me, I will have a go back. That's how I roll. <laughs> I don't mind it. It's, it's good fun. It brings a smile to my face. Frustrating, but a bit of smile. Uh, Twitter is where you'll find me, at Trevor Long. Uh, Facebook is a little bit more of a lovely place, a little bit less lefty as well. Um, uh, Facebook.com forward slash Trevor Long. We do the show here, Your Tech Life, thanks to our good sponsors, including Trend Micro Home Network Security Box. is a $299 little black box that you literally just plug into the power, plug into your home network, and then bingo. Your network is safe. Home Network Security protects your smartphone, your tablet, your gaming console, smart TVs, and any other connected device in your home from cyber threats, blocking malicious websites on devices that you can't install any anti-virus or internet security software on, like gaming consoles or smart TVs. It monitors and restricts the web usage of internet for your kids. It defends devices on your network against network attacks monitors network intrusions and notifies you of any risk of cybercrime, and you can control the usage and security of connected devices 
via the mobile app. It's a cracking little product uh, from Trend Micro. As I said, just a simple little box, very easy to install, and then it's all uh, configured and controlled via the mobile app. Check it out now. Uh, Just search Trend Micro, home network security. Your Tech Life with Trevor Long. Now, um, last week, I had the pleasure of uh, visiting a top-secret test lab uh, for Telstra. Uh, The Telstra test lab is in Western Sydney. That is all I'm allowed to tell you. Um, and it, uh, it's where they test all the mobile phones that are coming onto their network. Now, um, the, the, each mobile phone they test goes through 8,000 different tests, right? And they test it to make sure the software on the phone and the, and the chipset won't uh, conflict with the, the network that they're operating and, you know, bring the network down in any way or slow it down or that it operates as it's, you know, advertised. And then they do a bunch of other tests, including where, um, whether or not it's going to work in regional Australia. So, and you would know that in marketing terms as the blue tick. Now, the regional blue tick basically means that your smartphone will work best in regional areas. There are obviously a lot of different smartphones on the market, and each one has different levels of antennas and and reception. So what Telstra do is they test how good the reception will be so that they can say, will this one be a good one in rural areas? So, They've done that with lots of phones over the years, and they've done that with the new Samsung Galaxy S8. Now, I actually went into the room where they test these things, right? There's an actual little... It looks... Frankly, it looks like a cool room. It looks like a fridge. <laughs> but inside it is... Um, it's an anoechoic chamber. So there's no echoes in there, right? And what happens is there, there are these... It's these foam walls, big cones pointing at you, and um, there's no echo in there. And the same applies to radio waves. So they can point... Um, using a kind of uh, dummy mobile antenna that's all computer generated, they can point a mobile signal at it and determine what the reception is. And there's a there's a benchmark they're looking for. I won't tell you what it is because it's not really relevant in the in the measurement sense. But they they run each phone through those measurements and determine whether or not it is a, a fast enough phone and and whether or not it has reception in the most remote and rural areas. So basically, they did this with the Samsung Galaxy S8 and S8 Plus and. For the first time, they ran the test on their 4G network, not their 3G network, because the Samsung Galaxy S8 has the potential to receive voice calls over the 4G network. And essentially, this is the first phone ever to get a blue tick through 4G reception. So its 4G reception is is so good that it will work in rural and regional areas. So um, big tick, big blue tick for um, for Samsung on the on the Telstra network. Uh, and and a good look. It's a big win for Samsung because having that tick means that they will sell more in rural and regional areas. There's just no doubt. And obviously for Telstra, it means that um, um, they can advertise that phone in a whole range of different places. So look, it's um it's a big win for um for Telstra and for Samsung. And if you're looking in rural and regional areas for a brand new smartphone, check out the Samsung Galaxy S8. So. Consider this a rant, and I accept that that's one of the fun things I get to do. But, you know, yesterday, and this is a little bit of an insight into how my world of, uh, I guess, technology reporting works. A lot of the time, radio stations are looking for stories. They're looking for something to talk about. And so they'll be clicking around websites and newspapers and looking for stories, and they'll call me for comment. So, you know, a, a telco gets launched, they'll call me, and I'll ask me to comment. Great. All good. Yesterday, I got a call from someone saying, uh, have you seen the story on news.com.au about the NBN? And I went, yes, I have. 
And they could detect the tone in my voice and I said, I'm assuming you want to talk about it. I said, yes, I do. The story has had different headlines um, on the on the splash pages, but essentially says Australians ignoring the NBN are having their internet and home phone connection abruptly shut off. And the first, in fact, they've changed the first line. They've changed the first line. I can, I can tell you right now that they have changed the first line because yesterday it actually mentioned half a million people. It said an estimated half a million Australians have had their internet and home phone service unexpectedly disconnected after failing to switch to the NBN on time. Now it says thousands of Australians have had their internet and home phone service unexpectedly disconnected after failing to switch over to NBN in time. Now it goes on to say that homes and businesses have 18 months to migrate to the NBN uh, once it becomes available in their area, after which they have their internet and home phone services severed. Now that's accurate. But it's not really the great detail. See, what they talk about here is a survey that finder.com.au did. Now, finder.com.au is a comparison website. They are entirely built around getting you to go to their website and then click on a link to a telco or someone else because they get a cut of anything you sign up to. So they want you to go to their website looking for NBN plans so that they get a cut of any NBN plan you sign up for. Perfect. Good business model. But they surveyed 2010 people finder.com.au, and they asked them a bunch of questions. And essentially, they found out, they estimated, finder.com.au estimated that as many as half a million Australians have so far had their internet and phone service suddenly disconnected, which is a complete load of BS, right? You can't take a survey of 2,000 people and extrapolate it out to 24 million when you're dealing with something as complicated as who's had the NBN rolled out and where. So, if you actually read down, they have actually asked the NBN for, for detail. And an NBN spokesperson very clearly said to them that 900,000 premises in Australia had actually gotten to the end of that 18-month window. And by their numbers, and they're pretty accurate, um, 5%, 45,000 people had chosen not to migrate to the NBN network. Now, that doesn't mean that 45,000 people had their internet abruptly disconnected at all, Right. It just means that 45,000 people chose, A, not to have a home phone, B, not to have home internet, C, to use a different provider because some, some do exist. And, and, and then there'd be some who didn't know what was going on and were disconnected. Now, I've spoken to the NBN, and they don't just let people disconnect, and they don't actually abruptly disconnect you after 18 months. They give you a grace period. They change the dial tone on your phone. They send you a lot of letters, okay? Honestly, it's the... One of the worst beat-ups I've seen, and, and that's evident to me given how much they've changed the story now over the last 24 hours. But look, the fact is, the NBN is coming. It's coming to you at some point. You, you need to be aware of it. And what I keep saying to people is, don't worry about you, because you're, you're smart enough. You're, you're downloading podcasts. You're smart enough to know how to get the NBN and when it comes to read the letters. What about your neighbor? What about your grandmother? What about your mother? What about your father? What about the people around you? Talk to those people. So... My responsibility when the NBN comes here in the next couple of months, I know my neighbour, good old bloke, Malcolm. Used to be a vet, still works um, as a consultant in on some boards and things. Lovely, lovely old man, and I hope he doesn't mind me calling him an old man. But he's an old man. And he's got the internet, he's got email, he uses it. Now in eight, 19 months from now, because I get the NBN in about a month, in 19 months from now, his internet won't work anymore unless he chooses a new provider or switches to the NBN. Simple as that. I need to have a conversation with him because he lives alone about whether or not he's he's reading those NBN letters. 
So hopefully his family will do the same and hopefully you'll do that with the, the people in your area because you need to be aware of this. You need to make sure no one gets caught out and, and you need to remember that sometimes websites write stuff for clicks and it's not always the end of the world as, um, as, as they may have you portray. Anyway, uh, check it out at uh, eftm.com.au. So the uh, Vivo Fit Junior is a cracking little fitness band product from Garmin, um, and it's for your kids. It's $99, comes in five different colors, and it is a fitness tracker for kids, but with a slight difference. You see, this, like other Vivo uh, Fit products, has a one-year-plus battery life, so you don't need to recharge it. Its design uh, is very comfortable. It's uh, durable and swim-friendly. It'll track your kids' steps, their sleep, and 60 minutes of daily recommended activity. And via a free parental control app, you can uh, include a bunch of adventures for your kids, plus you can add chores, right? So you can actually put into your kids' Vivo Fit Junior that they've got to brush their teeth for two minutes every day. You can put in that they've got to put the bins out once a week. You can, put, you can do a bunch of things in the device that will buzz on their wrist and tell them and remind them to do that. So it's a great little device that'll give you a bunch of information about your kids' movements and help them learn how to stay fit and healthy uh, with a great little product like the Vivo Fit Junior on their wrist. The Vivo Fit Junior is $99. Check it out at garmin.com.au. So um, I've got a new soundbar here in the Man Cave, um, thanks to the great people at LG. I'm testing out the SJ9. This is their top-of-the-line um, um, soundbar that they launched at CES. Now, beautiful design. Let me say that for, from the start. I've got the, the Samsung Dolby Atmos out in the lounge room. This one, not as chunky and boxy. This is a, a kind of rounded design. Looks the same as the uh, soundbar that comes with their wallpaper OLED TV, um, but uh, it is. Um, it only has one difference. The little top speakers don't pop up, very sadly. Um, but it's a beautiful design, very easily mounted on the wall. Um, I hadn't done that before, but came with a really easy um, to use mounting guide. Four screws in the wall, two screws underneath, and we're done. It's mounted on the wall. Has uh, optical input, HDMI input, and look, the sound is excellent. Uh, I've been booming out some music. Um, it's got a great big subwoofer. Sound is rich. The sound is powerful. Um, it has Dolby Atmos, but I'll be honest, I haven't been able to really test the Dolby Atmos because I have... Um, um, sound absorbing foam in my man cave for the for the studio, which is where I'm sitting right now. So the, the idea of Dolby Atmos is that it bounces off the roof down to you, so that wouldn't happen in here because of the sound absorption that I have. But it has that feature. Now I'm going to say to you, I don't think that having a, a single soundbar without rear speakers is as good as having rear speakers for surround sound. So I don't think it's quite on the par of the Samsung Dolby Atmos, but it's about four hundred dollars cheaper than the Samsung Dolby Atmos. It's still around $1,600, $1,700. Beautiful soundbar, though. Anyone with a TV that doesn't have external speakers should get a soundbar, okay? The quality of the, the viewing experience, because of the listening experience, is ever so much enhanced. So well worth um, checking out, folks. Um, it's uh, I'll put a, a bunch of photos and a full review up at eftm.com.au. Um, take a look. Let me know what you think of the uh, LG soundbar, the SJ9. Talking technology without the jargon. Your Tech Tech Life with Trevor Long. Now, if you want rechargeable batteries, and I've had rechargeable batteries back in the day, like 10 years ago, we had a bunch of AnyLoop batteries, and uh, we're still using them now. We recharge them and and get them going all the time. And um, 
The problem I've found is that if you go into Bunnings or Woolies, to get four rechargeable batteries with a little recharger is about 40 bucks. Now, IKEA put out a release this week saying that because a rechargeable battery can be recharged 1,500 times, you're saving 1,500 batteries from going into landfill and also around $298 per year um, on batteries in the average family. Now, IKEA have some batteries for $4.49 for a pack of four. Pack of four batteries, right, for $4.50. So you're paying $1.10-ish, $1.15 for each battery. And then to charge them, they've got a little charger that plugs into USB for 4 bucks. So $8.50 gets you four rechargeable batteries and a charger. Now, if you want to go one step up, there's a great little um, uh, recharging uh, station, which is $40, um, has 12 battery uh, slots in it, so you can charge 12 batteries at a time. And it kind of looks like a book, so it fits in your bookshelf when you don't need it, it has great cable management as well. Look, it's a great little product. Um, I um, admire the fact that they've got some affordable batteries on the market. You can imagine IKEA can do that simply because of scale. You know, when you um, when you want to sell something, you have the more you make, the cheaper it is. And for IKEA to say, well, we want you know ten million batteries, thanks. We're going to send them around the world. It makes the price a little cheaper. So a great little innovation product from um, IKEA. Well worth checking out. And uh, details on the names of those products are at eftm.com.au. Now, last week, uh, I flew to Melbourne uh, at 9 a.m. and caught the 12, 12 o'clock flight home um, because I simply flew down to test a plane. No, they didn't let me fly it. But they did uh, let me sit and enjoy internet in the air. So Virgin have uh, launched GoGo um, backed or, or based. It's GoGo is a company that provides Wi-Fi to planes in, around the world. Um, they've put internet in one of their 737s and they're testing it now with customers. It's not a private test. It is public. You can get on the plane and you will know that you have it because they'll announce it. And in the seat pocket, there is a brochure for the Virgin Wi-Fi. Now, um, a lot of Hoopla about Qantas's Wi-Fi being super fast and the fastest in the world. And it's also available now on just one um, uh, just one plane. But um, the funny thing is, I found Virgins to be excellent. Now, I know it's not as fast. If, you know, there's many people on the plane. Everyone's using it. But the funny thing is, it, um, it was excellent. I, I mean, I had four devices. I was streaming. I was broadcasting a video on Facebook. I was streaming the ABC. I was streaming Channel 9, and I was streaming Foxtel. Uh, and it worked great. I got speed tests of around 20 and 30 meg, down to about 14, and uploads were about 1 meg, and that was fine. So it's, uh, yeah, it's it's excellent. It was really, really um, uh, usable. I mean, I don't think that people really want to do anything more than maybe stream a Netflix, but most likely just swipe through their emails and check, it, check out emails. But, um, yeah, a really, really good service. It's free at the moment on the trial. So for a few months, it's going to be free, and then we don't know what they're going to do. My guess, and it is purely a guess, my guess is that they're going to make it like free for 30 minutes and then, you know, five or eight bucks to get longer into the flight. Because GoGo is a much more commercial venture. See, Qantas has basically built their own, and so they can afford to absorb the costs and put it into the tickets, which is what they're doing. Um, however, Virgin are buying a system from GoGo globally, and their model is to make money off everyone who flies. So I would expect there will be a fee. So. I don't think that's a bad thing because it means that less people will use it um, and it means you only use it when you really, really need it. Um, but 
yeah, uh, really, really cool. Like the um, like the service, and I'm, I'm a big Virgin fan. I'm a fan. I fly Virgin as much and as often as I can. Um, but yes, uh, it is available now on one single plane. The the uh, registration for that plane is VHYIG. If you happen to be an aviation nerd and you want to get on that plane, good luck. It's one of like eighty in the fleet, so um, you have to you have to be pretty lucky um, to uh, to jag that plane on that particular day. But uh, you never know your luck in a big city. You might just be able to do it. You might just be able to jag that plane for your next trip. Um, and and then try out their Wi-Fi internet. Uh, check out my photos and review at uh, eftm.com.au. Talking technology without the jargon. Your, Your tech, tech life with Trevor Long. Now, later this year, the Alcatel U5 will hit the market, and this will be an affordable smartphone. I believe this will come in at $99. Okay, this is um, a fun, simple, easy-to-use phone, that is affordable. It's universal. U5, the U stands for universal. Uh, exquisite design, premium features that won't break the bank. The U5 provides a first-rate smartphone experience with creative selfie tools at a price that you can't beat. Uh, it's a really nice-looking phone. They've done some nice stuff with the, with the back design, plus it comes in different colors. And as they said in the in the selfie world, they've, they've enhanced the camera app, so some really cool, fun features in the app. So a great one for the kids, this, because you won't be too stressed if they drop it. Um, and if anything calm comes to it, you only might just replace it. But the U5 will come shortly into market from Alcatel, one of our sponsors, and it is a great-looking little phone. In fact, I've been playing with a $59 phone for the last few days. We've got one up on the Facebook page currently uh, for you to win from Alcatel, the Pixie, the Telstra Pixie. Um, but, yeah, cracking little phone. You'd be surprised what you can get for, um, for $100. The U5 coming later this year, and if you want to win a phone from Alcatel, Go to our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash EFTM online. Just search for EFTM on Facebook and then look for the Tech Tuesday giveaway uh, right there on Facebook with EFTM. Your Tech Life with Trevor Long. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. This is Your Tech Life. Happy to take your calls. Uh, any tech question you have, I'll try and help you out. Uh, EFTM.com today, the place to go to send me an email. G'day, Andrew. G'day, Trevor. How are you? Good, buddy. What can I do for you? Mate, just a quick question. I listened to your podcast on KO a few weeks ago and mm. you spoke about um, NBN-related issues and possible modem is probably the cause of most of them or some of them. So yep. I just want to know, mm-hmm. um, do you recommend any? Well, okay, the, the first thing you need to do is diagnose. I wouldn't want you going buying anything until you've actually worked out where the problem lies. So what I like to say to people is that you've got to think about multiple things in your home and then the external factors like your provider and the NBN. So the first thing to do is, are you connecting mainly via Wi-Fi? Connect mainly via Wi-Fi, yes. And is it that where you kind of feel frustrated? Is it is it speed issues there where you feel frustrated? Well, it's, so the thing is I um, paid the additional cost to get 50 megabytes per second mm-hmm. um, and it's constant drop. When it's connected, um, we get really good speed, download, no issues, uh, yep. no buffering, no lag. Yep. Um, however, every single time it's connected, I estimate it drops out every five to seven minutes. How do you know it drops out? Uh, internet's lost. And, and, but what, so what, we, what got... tells you that? Is there, um, is there a notification on your phone or is the modem flashing a different coloured light? Yeah, we get the no internet connected on our device. Yep. Um, can't refresh and also we've lost the Wi-Fi and... Um, the, the actual line connection on our modem. So it drops out and then 
give it a minute or two or three minutes and then it starts flashing again and then you've got reconnection. Have you got any computers that can plug directly into the modem? I use utilise my work laptop yep. um, and that doesn't seem or haven't had any issues to date, but I very rarely use it connected through that. It's mostly Wi-Fi. Right, yeah, yeah. Okay, so see, the thing there is um, there's a big difference between losing your Wi-Fi and losing your internet connection because they're two different things, right? You can have no in- internet connection and still have a Wi-Fi network and you might be able to, I don't know, share files across your network. So they're two very different things. So that does feel like uh, it is your Wi-Fi, but... I'd want you to check that one more time by plugging in that work laptop and using it for a consistent... Like, if you say it happens every five to seven minutes, it won't take much to find out if it's happening, right? So plug your work laptop in and sit down to that for one night and, you know, stream some YouTube or Netflix while you're doing some work and reading some websites and things and just see how often, if at all, it drops out when you're plugged in physically to the modem. Because if it doesn't and, and it's working fine, then you know that your internet is actually fine it's your Wi-Fi that's awful, um, and I would then recommend a bunch of options for you. Um, have you got a small place or, or a big place? What's the kind of general sense of the scale of your uh, home? 20, 27 square, so it's probably average. So then what you want to look for is um, what we call a tri-band router. Now, you only need a router, to be clear. You don't need a modem router. You just need a router because the modem you've got, if – that plugged-in connection is working fine. The modem you've got is actually fine. It's connecting to the internet fine. It's just really crap Wi-Fi, right? So what you need is a router that will provide better Wi-Fi to your home. So you disable, if you were to find one, uh, Netgear, D-Link, Link, uh, Sys, all good brands. Um, they all have tri-band uh, routers. These these are the things with big, massive antennas on them that you know look like a crazy bit of kit, but they will provide good Wi-Fi in the home. And what you do is you plug that into the existing modem and you should disable the Wi-Fi on the existing modem so that you don't have conflicting networks. But, mate, once you do that, mm-hmm. you'll have Wi-Fi streaming through the home beautifully. Um, I've got a Netgear yeah, Orbi at my place, um, which you know yep. you, put, you put one at one side of the house, one in the middle. B- brilliant. Genius internet all over the house. So that's an $800 product, though. So you've got to be, you've got to be really willing to spend that cash to go that, that level, mate. Yeah, I know. So when I listen to yours, um, you stated on if you were able to sign up for the internet, you would tell the provider not to worry about bringing modem or a router. You'll supply your own. So I'm just curious of what you. Well, yeah, but the, do you know what sort of NBN you've got? Have you got uh, fibre to the home uh, node? What have you got? Do you know? Uh, it's fibre fibre to the node. Yeah, so I actually I think you still need uh, a modem provided there but what you can buy if you do find a, a modem router that's suitable you'll need a vdsl modem <clears throat> now that's a technology okay. that's essentially what the fiber to the to the node technology is but you are asking um a lot of a lot of yourself to technically set that up which is why i would just test the modem that you've got if it's working fine yep. for internet then brush the rest and um and just keep the modem for for internet and use a, a new router for wi-fi does that make sense it does, yes. Brilliant. All right. Good luck, Andrew. Good luck with your uh, connectivity in the home, my friend. <laughs> Good man. Thanks, Rev. Cheers, buddy. And if you've got a question like Andrew, anytime, just go to the website, eftm.com.au. Thank you for listening. If you've got a question about technology, go to the website, eftm.com.au. G'day, Lara. Oh, hi, Trevor. How are you? Really well. What can I do for you? 
I was just wondering if you might be able to assist. My um, elderly grandfather is currently using an Alcatel, I guess it's a senior's phone. I think it's 20.01 is the model. Mm. And I believe the 2G network will be disabled shortly. And I believe it will affect this phone. Yeah. Um, he's virgin at the moment, very low use, you know, just ring family kind of call. Uh, so I was just wondering if I might recommend anything else and if 3G is still going to be around or do I need to look for a totally new smartphone for a 95-year-old? Yeah. yeah, look, I mean, yeah, the problem with a, a smartphone is a 95-year-old is going to look at it and freak out basically and think, oh, I don't want to deal with all this this jargon here. I mean, that's that's the challenge, right? But the question is, uh, you know, what do you think if you put a touchscreen phone in, in front of your grandfather would you be able to spend five minutes and show him how easy it is just open the phone app and dial something? Or do you, do you absolutely need to go back to the basics here and keep going with a with a really basic uh, button-based phone? He's very, very intelligent and likes learning new things, cool. but for some reason phones just aren't his thing. Um, <laughs> what, which, uh, and which, do you say he's with Optus? At 95, you, you say but, he's, still with um, op- he's, op- he's with Optus, did you say? Yeah, still still works in an office, but... Um, he just likes the kind of Alcatel phone, and he's been used to it, I guess. Yeah, totally. So, well, look, and he's with Optus, not Telstra? Virgin. Oh, Virgin, okay, Virgin which is on the 3K. Optus network. So um, there's a couple of phones I'd recommend to you. Um, the first one, and you might you might need to look for these online as opposed to from the stores because they, they sell them at the stores. Like an Optus store sells a thing called the Doro, D-O-R-O, um, okay. which is essentially an easy phone, um, you know, big buttons, big screen kind of thing. Um, yes. And the other thing to do, which might be worthwhile, I mean, how's his eyesight? Oh, perfect. And n- perfect. nimble with the fingers still. So do you know what I'd do? I'd go to a Caltex service station. I would yeah. buy a, 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 a what we call a dumb phone, a feature phone. Alcatel sell them still. At, at service stations is the easiest place to find them. Or Big W. And, yes. and we're talking less than 50 bucks here, right? I would I would take it on the chin and just buy one and see if he likes the look of it and the, the feel of it. And then all you need to do is triple check with Virgin whether the SIM card in his phone, because the, with the 2G switch off, there's one of two things goes wrong. Your phone's not compatible or your physical SIM card won't be compatible. So I, I would guess, though, that the, the Virgin SIM card is actually already 3G compatible. Okay. So, so I would I would just... Take that SIM card, whack it into the new phone. It'll probably work. In answer to your question about 3G, yes, 3G in some point in time will be shut off, but it's another five, ten years away. So probably five. Not uh, a problem for this year then. No, no. I wouldn't be worrying about it in the next. It, listen, when he gets to 100, let's talk about getting him a 5G phone. All right. Thanks so much for help. Good on you, Lara. Anytime. I appreciate uh, it. No, no, my, my pleasure. And if you've got a question about technology, just go to the website, eftm.com.au. Ah, the fun and games of the internet. Now, have what is your view on fake news? What is your view on fake news? I don't know. I think I'm uh, not smart, but I guess wise enough to see through uh, commentary versus news, etc. But I do think there's a lot of crap out there, and I think one of the, I think I love the Batuta Advocate. I love the Onion, but I do think we we need to make sure that we educate people that it's fun. Um, and not real. Uh, and sometimes there are sites unlike them that are a bit more, that try to be more newsy. And in fact, there are news sites that have comedy sections um, that therefore make it very hard to determine 
and discern the difference as a, as a user and a reader. So Jimmy Wales um, is the bloke who founded Wikipedia. And he has launched a crowdfunding campaign to launch a site called Wiki Tribune. Now, Wiki Tribune is basically crowdfunded journalism. So you and I can pay Wiki Tribune uh, per month a subscription, and and they will use that money to employ journalists who will write and investigate things uh, determined by the crowd. Um, and there's some good and bad in that. I think <clears throat> overall, crowdfunded journalism was, would be amazing, but it's never going to happen because too much content is available for free. So they're only ever going to focus on things that the, the big money is paying for. So doesn't that alone, I guess, um, change the focus of the news if the funding determines what they cover? So if the funding is, is primarily from people who want in, in, um, research and journalism into, into environmental issues, well, what about the people who don't care about that? So there's an interesting um, balance to be found. Uh, it'll be very interesting to watch it roll out. He believes that through a Wikipedia-like model where a journalist can write a story, utilise a, a crowd, uh, the, the, the audience, the, the community to either fact-check, research, whatever it is on that thing, um, then the, the content will be more reliable and trustworthy. And in fact, after the publishing fact, as per Wikipedia, you, you'll be able to edit or annotate the story in such a way that you'll be able to add information. And that information may flow directly into the story from the author. It won't be like Wikipedia where you can just edit it and have it go live. Um, I don't know. I'd be interested in your views. Um, EFTM.com, the place to go to share your views with me. Um, Twitter, at Trevor Long, the place to go to view share your views kind of publicly. Uh, and likewise, Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Trevor Long or facebook.com forward slash EFTM online. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, that is this week's show in a wrap. Um, off to test the GoPro Karma drone. Uh, finally, av- finally available. So I will test that one out and see how she rolls. Uh, hopefully she doesn't roll. Um, also going to check out the, a new phone, which I'm not sure I can tell you about yet. So I'll, I won't say anything until I know that for sure. Thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading back again shortly with your tech life. There'll be an episode of Two Blokes Talking Tech available tonight as well. Hopefully I'll get together with Stephen and record that tonight. And you never know, there might even be a new podcast coming. Stand by. Talking technology without the jargon. Your Your Tech tech life. Life with Trevor Long.